Sometimes we make choices that lead to change, right? We make the choice to become a homesteader. We make the choice to change jobs. We make the choice to get married. We make the choice to get divorced. We make choices that lead to great change. And sometimes the changes that we face are due to circumstances beyond our control. It's just something that we cannot, well, there's nothing that we can do about it. But make no mistake about it, change is going to happen. Change is a part of life. Change is going to come. And so the question is, what are we going to do with it? I'm your host, Brian Wells, and I'm a fourth-generation homesteader. Since 2008, my family and I have been homesteading here in beautiful upstate New York. In 2019, I launched the Homestead Journey podcast to help people just like you get started and find success on their journey towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is the Homestead Journey, and this is Season 4. Well, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome to Season 4 of the Homestead Journey podcast. This is episode number 146. I am your host, Brian Wells, coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. And it certainly has been a hot minute since I've sat here behind the microphone. For that, I apologize. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here on the episode. But again, I am so glad to be back. So thrilled to be back here. And I'm hoping that I can remember how to do this. Again, it's been a bit. And if you have listened to this podcast any length of time, you recognize some new intro music. You're going to hear some new transition music. You may hear a little bit of a difference in audio because I bought some new audio equipment. If you watch this on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey, then you may notice a little bit of difference there as well. Uh, I'm trying to up the production value of this podcast, hopefully providing you with great value, but just upping the game a little bit. But that means a whole lot of tech that I'm new to, a lot of buttons that I've got to press. And so I'm probably going to mess up and fumble my way through uh, the first few episodes as I try to figure all of this out. But thank you so much for being here. And I am so excited to be doing this once again. Now, this season almost didn't happen, and that's because we're in a bit of a season of change here on the homestead. But before we talk about that change and how it's impacting our homesteading and how it's probably going to influence, not probably, how it is going to influence the content here on the podcast this season, I did want to bring you up to speed with some of the things, and we didn't get a whole lot done between now and the last time that we spoke, but I did want to cover some of that and bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. So let's jump on over to our homestead happenings. So one of the things that I was able to get accomplished between uh, the last time we spoke and now, and that was to do up my tomato sauce. Now, one of the things that I have been doing over the last couple of years is freezing my tomatoes and then doing my sauce later on. And 
that really has worked out very, very well. And so I wanted to mention that because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times during the summer when my tomatoes are coming on fast and furious and sometimes it's hard to, to keep up with it. And sometimes it's just a matter of not having time to really be able to deal with that. And so throwing those into a freezer bag, leaving the skins on, I don't even core them. Some people will core them before they put them into the freezer, but when you're ready, then you can go grab them and thaw them out. As you thaw them out, a lot of the water is released. Then you can slip the skins off and cook things down. And it just makes it so much easier. And so that is one of the things that I was able to get done in the last few months since we talked. The other nice thing about it is if you're doing it in the colder months, as you're doing that, it also helps serve to generate some heat if you live in a colder climate like I do. So it's kind of a win-win type situation. And my sauce came out great. I just did a basic tomato sauce this year. I didn't do the spiced tomato sauce like I've done in the past. And there's a there's a method to my madness. There's a reason why I went that route. And we're going to be talking a lot about that over the next several episodes. But that sauce did come out very, very good. Very, very happy with it. One of the other things that I did as well is rendered out last year's lard. It had been in the freezer and I needed freezer room because we sent some pigs to be processed and I knew I was going to not have enough room to put all the pork in it. And so I rendered out the lard, even though we're not going to be cooking much with lard anymore. And again, that's something that we'll be talking about on a number of episodes as we move forward in this season. But what I am planning on doing is using that lard to make soap. My mom and I are excited to do that together. And so we've just got to find the time to do it. (laughs) That's always a little bit tricky. But my mom wants to learn how to make soap. I have done lard soap before, I think one time. But uh, I think we're going to try to take a crack at making some lard soap together. And so I'm very, very excited about that. But I did render out that lard and that's really cleared up a lot of room in my freezer, except now that I picked up my pigs. Well, I do have a lot more lard that I've got to deal with, but that's good because that just means making more soap, which means it will help me stay sparkly, sparkly clean, right? (laughs) As I mentioned, we took some pigs to be processed. Uh, We sent, I think five, um, three of them were for other people. I had sold I think three and a half of them were for other people. I don't know. I I lose track after a while. I had a small runt that hadn't really, hadn't really grown at all. Thus it being a runt. It's kind of redundant for me to say I hadn't grown at all. But anyhow, he became a sausage pig. I'm very happy to have them off the feed bill and looking forward to moving some of the others that we have off the feed bill as well. As you know, my son is in the midst of a college search He is going to be graduating this year. So we did make several college visits throughout the fall and then early winter. I think he's close to making a decision. He's pretty much narrowed it down to a college. I'm like 99% sure that's where he's going to go. But until you pay the deposit and probably until you show up, it's not really a done deal. But that has been an interesting process to go through. And certainly as he's been going through it, I've really been very happy and impressed with all of the colleges that he's looked at. And 
So it's it's just been it's been a, a lot of fun. Obviously, very bittersweet, and certainly not looking forward to him going away. And that's going to be uh, one of the big changes that we're going to be talking about here on the homestead. But that college search process certainly has been a big part of what we've been doing here on the homestead this fall and into the winter. Now, as I mentioned, a lot of changes here on the podcast from the standpoint of the tech, the the audio, the video, and I certainly would love your feedback with regards to that. You know, some people don't like change at all. Some people love change. And so just give me your feedback if you don't mind. You can reach out to me, uh, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net is my email address, and I would just love to know your thoughts with regards to some of the changes, whether you consume this audio only or whether or not you consume this on Odyssey, Rumble, or YouTube. Just give me your thoughts with regards to the changes. I would love to hear from you about that and any other topics as usual. I always love to hear from all of you. And if you could do this for me as well, just a, a favor. If you are somebody who consumes this audio only, but you do YouTube and watch YouTube, if you could just give me a subscription, just a sub there, I'm at about 850 subs right now. I'd love to get to that thousand mark because there's a few cool things that I can do from the standpoint of going live my mobile phone versus having to be uh, on a desktop. So if you could help me get to that number, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if you'd never watch any of my stuff over there, I certainly would appreciate a subscription that would really greatly help me out. So you can find me youtube.com slash the homestead journey, or if you just go to YouTube and look for the homestead journey, you'll be able to find me. So I would really appreciate it. If you could do me a huge favor, a huge solid and do that, it's just going to help me be able to continue to provide you with great content. So that's really all I wanted to discuss with regards to what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead since we last talked. So without further ado, let's jump on over to this episode's Charting the Course. So I am having a lot of fun with some of this new tech, and if it's driving you nuts, I'm sorry. I know less is more, and I'm going to try to keep it to that, but it is fun. I've got a few little buttons that I can play around with and kind of do things like that, you know, so who knows? I may dump that in there every once in a while. I may not, you know, we'll have a little fun with it, but... As I said, here on the homestead, we are in a season of change. And that has been something that has really affected me a lot more than what I thought it would. There's a, a Greek philosopher. I'm probably going to butcher the name. I think it's Heraclitus. Whatever. We're going to go with Heraclitus. But Heraclitus once said, no man ever steps in the same river twice for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. And he also is the one who is credited with saying the only thing that is constant is change. Now, moving forward to maybe a more current contemporary, I don't want to call him a philosopher, but I don't know, maybe maybe some people would consider him a philosopher, but there's a guy by the name of John Maxwell 
who put it like this. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. And one of the things that's for sure, change is a part of life. And certainly that means that change is going to be a part of homesteading. Now, for many people, homesteading itself is a big change. If you're coming from the city or you're coming from a suburban lot or maybe you've lived in the country, but you've never really raised and grown anything, you've never raised an animal, you've never done anything like that, then homesteading itself can be a big change. And then sometimes as you've been homesteading, there's just life changes that happen, whether it's a change in health, maybe you lose your job, you lose your spouse, your children move out and move on. There are just so many changes that come as a result of life. And as we've been going through some changes here on 3B Farm and Homestead, well, they've affected me a lot more than I really thought they would. Sometimes we make choices that lead to change, right? We make the choice to become a homesteader. We make the choice to change jobs. We make the choice to get married. We make the choice to get divorced. We make choices that lead to great change. And sometimes the changes that we face are due to circumstances beyond our control. It's just something that we cannot, well, there's nothing that we can do about it. But make no mistake about it, change is going to happen. Change is a part of life. Change is going to come. And so the question is, what are we going to do with it? Well, we found ourselves in a season of change here on 3B Farm and Homestead. First of all, Bonnie was diagnosed as pre-diabetic back in the early fall last year. Now, that by way of diagnosis is certainly not anything that is extremely critical. It's not like she was diagnosed with leukemia, cancer, some kind of life-threatening illness. It's pre-diabetes, right? It's just one of those things like, okay, we've caught it early, but let's not let it get any worse. And so as a result of that plan, uh, to make it so that it doesn't get any worse, she was kind of, we'll say, prescribed the Mediterranean diet. Now, I knew about the Mediterranean diet, but I certainly didn't know a whole lot about it. I'd heard of the Mediterranean diet, but it wasn't something that I was well-versed in. And quite frankly, I've never really been well-versed in any type of diet. And sometimes, well, <laughs> that's certainly shown. Yeah. But as she was prescribed this Mediterranean diet, we kind of took a look at it and said, okay, what is this all about? And, you know, we made some decisions with regards to that. Obviously, the second major change that we are undergoing here on the homestead this year is the fact that Brian Jay is headed off to college. And that means because we only have one kid, that means that Bonnie and I are going to be empty nesters in a few months. And obviously, both of those changes are going to have or are having major impacts on how we homestead. They are certainly having major impacts on the animals we're raising. They're having major impacts on the crops we're going to grow. They're having major impacts on how we preserve the harvest. And they are going to both play a major role 
in the content that I'm releasing this year on the podcast, as I mentioned, the theme this season is going to be change. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there almost was not a season four. I had really decided that I was done and that I wasn't going to come back for season four. I had let my family, some close friends know that I was hanging up the headphones um, and uh, I I was going to do something else with my life. And a big part of that was because the thought of going through these changes and these transitions really bothered me a lot more than I thought they would. You see, I found myself in what I would describe as a funk. I was just in a funk and I didn't have any kind of a clinical diagnosis. I think I, you know, kind of hindsight being what it is, I was dealing with a little bit of depression. Um, These changes just were overwhelming me. And I honestly sometimes struggled to get out of bed and go through the normal routine. Certainly, I made sure my animals were taken care of. You know, we made sure they were fed and watered and, and so on and so forth. But other than that, I did not want to think a whole lot about homesteading. I didn't want to think a whole lot about anything. I went to work. I did my thing. I came home. I fed my animals. And I just did not want to think about homesteading. I didn't want to think about podcasting. I really didn't want to think a lot about anything. Consequently, I still haven't planned my garden. Remember I had said I was planning on planting my garden before I would buy my seeds? Well, I haven't planned my garden yet, which means I haven't ordered my seeds yet. I still haven't placed my chick order. I still haven't ordered turkey poults. I have not done a lot of things that I normally would have done by now because I was in a funk. For a while, change or the fear of change really for lack of a better term, paralyzed me. And while there's probably nothing strange about someone getting a little depressed, anxious, in a funk because of the prospect of becoming an empty nester, um, why in the world would the adoption of a new diet or a new way of eating also contribute to that? Because one of the things when Bonnie, when this Mediterranean diet thing was prescribed to her. I said to her, listen, you're not doing this. If, if you're going on the Mediterranean diet, we are going on the Mediterranean diet. There's no way I would expect her to cook one meal for her and one meal for Brian J and I, that just makes no sense. So my thought was, if you're in, we're all in and we're doing this thing together. But why in the world would making that choice make me end up in a bit of a funk? Well, in part, it's because I was really struggling to understand the Mediterranean diet. And I was really trying to understand if it was indeed compatible with the homesteading lifestyle. After all, we live in a climate much different than the climate of the Mediterranean. 
<laughs> I mean, I live in beautiful upstate New York. You know that. Winters here can be cold. They can be unpredictable. And that's the winter that we have had. Oh, my goodness, folks. We've had bitter, bitter cold. We've had warm. We've had a little bit of snow that then disappeared. And now all of a sudden we're having a lot of snow here in the month of March. It's been a bizarre winter, but it certainly has not been a Mediterranean type climate and it never, ever will be. And so as I was trying to wrap my head around what constitutes a Mediterranean diet, I'm trying to understand, can we here in beautiful upstate New York, can we homestead and do the Mediterranean diet? Are these two things even compatible? Things like olives and olive oil and citrus are a big part of the Mediterranean diet. And certainly they're not things that I can easily grow, produce, or process here on the homestead. The Mediterranean diet also consists of a lot of fish and seafood. And that's not something that I can raise here on our homestead. And it also emphasizes whole grains, which are not something that I can grow in abundance with the amount of land I have to work with. And so all of that left me wondering, is our lifestyle compatible with this way of eating? But more than that, and this I think is really what was bothering me perhaps the most, and that is, was I a fraud? For the last three seasons, I've been telling you that I believed that almost anyone can homestead. And then here we are looking at this Mediterranean diet thing. And I'm wondering, Brian, have you been, I don't want to say telling people a lie because it never was in my intent to lie, but have you been misleading people? Have you been misrepresenting? Have you been overselling this thing called homesteading? And is it really something that if somebody is on a special diet, that homesteading may then not end up being an option for them. And so, and I'm somebody, when I get into something, folks, I research the crap out of it. I mean, I think I told you when I bought the tractor, I had spreadsheets. I I mean, I had spreadsheets that compared the lift capacity and the pound. I mean, just every little jot and tittle of that. I just, I'm somebody, if I'm going to understand something, I'm going to research the crap out of it. And so I dove head, head first into this Mediterranean diet thing, trying to wrap my head around what it was and is it compatible with homesteading? And so I started looking for any kind of content that had anything whatsoever to do with homesteading and the Mediterranean diet. And quite frankly, folks, there's not a whole lot of stuff out there. I ran across one YouTube channel. I think it is called Homestead and Hungry, and I will try to remember to link to it in the show notes. And she talks about the Mediterranean diet and homesteading quite a bit. Other than that, I did not find much information out there with regards to this topic. And so again, it left me wondering, is this really compatible with our lifestyle? I looked for blog posts. I found very, very little written about it. There were maybe a couple of articles in Mother Earth News. Other than that, I didn't find a whole lot connecting 
the Mediterranean diet, how to plant a Mediterranean garden, and homesteading. There just doesn't seem to be a depth or breadth of content in that area. And so, again, I was left scratching my head. Are these things compatible? But back to the other change, becoming an empty nester. That's something that certainly weighed very heavy on my mind. And it's something that, quite honestly, I'm, I'm dreading. Folks, I'm dreading it. I've told Bonnie, when we drop him off at college, we're going to have to find the nearest parking lot because I'm going to pull into it and cry like a baby. <laughs> I am just absolutely dreading it. On one hand, I'm excited about it, folks. And anybody who's ever been through this, I'm sure you would agree. You're excited to see your kids grow and flourish and you've tried to invest in them with character and, and, and morality and, and faith and the hope that they will become productive citizens in society. And you know that they've got to spread their wings and fly. You want them to be independent. But man, already we're making some of those transitions and it's hard. It is hard. And so I, I think anybody who's ever been through that understands that. And if you've been through that, I would love to hear your stories. I, I certainly would. And any kind of, of help that you can give me, I would really greatly appreciate it. But as I started looking, and again, I'm looking at this to a certain extent through the homesteading lens, there's lots and lots of content out there with regards to how to homestead with kids. But I didn't find a whole lot of stuff out there about how to homestead after your kids are gone in the hole that that leaves and can leave. Now, my son has not been a huge participant in a lot of things. He's helped where we've asked. He's certainly been very, very involved with the chickens up until about last year. This past year, he hasn't been quite as involved with the chickens. As I've needed help with the pigs, he's certainly been willing to step in and, and help me with things like castration and shoveling pig poop and um, shoveling wood chips and driving the tractor down to get wood chips and a lot of things like that. But I, I wouldn't say that on a daily basis, he and I are out doing homesteading chores together. But certainly he's been a big enough of a part of our homesteading journey that it's going to leave quite a hole when I need that extra set of hands and I didn't really want to bother Bonnie, but I'm going to have to. You know what I'm talking about. And when it's time to submit the chick order and decide what breeds of chickens we're going to get this year, and he's not here to help me do that, it's going to leave a bit of a hole. And so as I went looking for content on how to homestead as an empty nester, I didn't find a lot of stuff. I didn't find a lot of stuff at all. And so as I thought about it, the thought crossed my mind. Should I start generating content in both of those areas? After all, anyone who is currently figuring out how to homestead with kids is eventually going to be figuring out how to homestead without kids right? That's just the natural progression of life. 
And there have to be people like us who have been prescribed the Mediterranean diet that are homesteading or thinking about homesteading and trying to figure out, is this compatible? And even if it's not the Mediterranean diet, maybe it's some other kind of special diet. They've got special dietary needs and they're trying to figure out, is this compatible with homesteading? But as I thought about those transitions and I thought about those changes, I honestly wasn't quite sure I wanted to share that. Not because I'm trying to be selfish, but because I honestly wasn't sure I had the emotional capacity to handle this. Folks, I was in a funk. Now, I was not in severe depression. I don't want to oversell this. I don't want to oversell it at all. But I was just in a funk where I just wasn't sure whether or not I had the emotional capacity to even talk about these things. And especially when we get to talking about empty nesting, I'm man enough to cry and record it. (laughs) So, you know, be be aware. Uh, That may be coming your way. Who knows? Um, But I just wasn't quite sure I wanted to go there. And so I made up my mind that I was just going to call it quits. I wasn't sure even if I went there, if anybody would even be interested in listening to what I had to say about the topic. After all, I'm certainly no expert in child rearing. I'm no expert in becoming an empty nester because I've never done it before. I'm not an expert in the Mediterranean diet. I'm trying to figure it all out. And so I wondered, is anybody going to even want to hear what I have to say about these things? And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to hang up the headphones and put away the microphone. But every time I would sit down or even think about sitting down to record an episode about saying goodbye and thanks so much for your support, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I just had this thought in the back of my head, Brian, should you be creating the content that you've been looking for? And so as I wrestled with this idea, I kind of formulated some thoughts and I went to the supporting listeners uh, community of this podcast and I just reached out and I laid out my ideas and I said, what do you think? Could you provide me with some feedback? And the feedback from one of the members was extremely helpful and I asked her whether or not I could read it. This is what she had to say. I love your ideas, both specifically and in general. You did some episodes on homesteading with kids. Now you're getting ready to live the natural progression of that, homesteading as empty nesters. There's a lot of community in that. Everyone that's homesteading with kids is going to be there sooner or later. Then there's the concept of homesteading with special diets. In some cases, that's a tricky thing because a lot of the more traditional homestead foods won't work on a lot of special diets. But the plus side is this. If you customize your homestead production to the special diets, you can produce and save enough money on some things to then buy some of the higher quality foods needed that can't be grown locally. I can see all sorts of potential with your new ideas and various ways to approach them. And one more thing, this fits exactly with the bigger picture of what your podcast has always stood for, knowing when to pivot and remembering that it's all an ever-changing journey, not a destination. Can't wait for the new episodes. And so taking encouragement and inspiration from Barb's feedback, I decided to move forward with season four. So 
you can either thank Barb or you can curse Barb. Now, obviously, if you're not liking the content, you're probably just going to shut it off. But if you enjoy the podcast and you're looking forward to this content, certainly you can thank Barb for it. As I said, change is inevitable. It's a part of life. Are we going to embrace it? Are we going to let it help us grow? Well, over the next several months, we're going to be talking about all of this stuff. We're going to share with you how we're leaning into change. And by we, I'm happy and excited to announce that you'll be hearing Bonnie on a lot of episodes. I thought it would be important for her to share her perspective on the changes we're going through. We're going to talk about the Mediterranean diet, what it is, why we're doing it, and how we see it compatible with homesteading, even if we can't grow olives, make olive oil, raise and grow seafood, or grow all the whole grains we need. We're also going to talk about the impacts it is having on the foods we raise and grow and how we're having to adjust how we homestead. We're also going to share with you the lessons we're learning about becoming empty nesters. We'll share our joys, we'll share our sorrows, and hopefully we'll be able to inspire you to continue to take that next right step on your journey toward self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. That's it for this episode, folks. If you have any questions or comments, as always, you can email me. Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net is my email address. I would be glad to hear from you. You can also contact me via all of the socials. The links to all of those are in the show notes or in the, uh, whatever they call it, YouTube description. Um, But you will be able to find all of that information there. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting thehomesteadjourney.net slash newsletter. That's it for now, folks. And until next time, keep up the good work. <laughs>